And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Happy Columbus Day to you and yours, live from Studio C. C O L O M B S U S Columbus, our hero. We're in a dimly lit room to kick off a brand new week, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Iran. Iran? The Iranian regime. That's right. The Iranian regime is the cancer that is the source of much of the pain and horror uh, around the world, certainly in their chunk of the world. How y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. We have much to discuss. I don't know how much you followed the news over the weekend. I was very busy with kids and musical performances and football games and all the things that go with kids. But, man, if I could have, I'd have watched the news nonstop. So interesting. Uh, uh, I don't know. Big finish here, Michael. Big finish. I watched a lot of it, and it was so sickening. It It was tough to take. So, yeah, the Wall Street Journal and only the Wall Street Journal, actually, the New York Post is repeating the Wall Street Journal story. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Iran planned the attack in Israel over the weekend and gave the go ahead for it. Mm-hmm. Now, our secret- gave them all sorts of uh, logistical and intelligence help. Uh, yeah. Our Secretary of State and Israeli officials are currently saying, well, we don't know that or what, because I think if you can nail that down or you do nail that down. Then it is a it's a it's a different story at that point. It's just a question of when, as far as I'm concerned. The uh, Wall Street Journal account is very well reported and very solid. For instance, a European official and a uh, high placed advisor to the Syrian government gave the same account of Iran's involvement in the lead up to the attack, according to the Wall Street Journal, separately from each other. Twenty two different areas of Israel were attacked on Saturday morning at the same time by land, sea, and air. Did you see the guys who were floating down in those looked like a lawn chair attached to a lawnmower drone thingies that they were riding? Yeah, the paraglider things, or what are they called? Something like that. I don't know, man. That was something. Those were some of the guys that landed that music festival and then started machine-gunning like 20-somethings as they watched music, which was gruesome, and they pulled like 300 bodies out of there yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Kidnapped many, many families and have now uh, whisked them away. I saw videos of families trembling in terror and little kids asking if they'd ever see their sister again, and they won't because their sister's dead. Uh, Hamas uh, guys going house to house, executing people. Just uh, uh, it was an astonishing, horrible, horrible, massive terrorist attack, and and war has begun now. All, something like all-out war against Hamas, and maybe I was watching uh, Richard Haas, who I really like his uh, foreign policy stuff on MSNBC today. He's retired, but apparently he's come back for this. Um, he said the key over the next couple of days is, does Hezbollah join in? Does Hezbollah join in? Is Hezbollah up in Lebanon, similar ideology of Hamas, but significantly more powerful and even more t- closely tied to Iran. If you're right that it's just a matter of time that everybody's on board with it was Iran, well, then I think Hezbollah's in because, I mean, 
why not? There's no, there's no at that point. There's no reason to hold back. And then this is just what the world needed, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and how much of it does has to do with the timing of MBS and Israel about to come up with an agreement to get together? This is that's obviously on hold as this unfolds. I would say it has a great deal to do with that and the $6 billion that oh, the United oh, States freed oh, up no, for no, no, Iran no. to spend. Don't get me started already. <laughs> I walked into the house yesterday. My kids looked at me wide-eyed like, what's our crazy dad talking about? I said, people do not understand the word fungible. It's not um. that difficult a concept. So a lot of Republicans and Republican presidential candidates were immediately saying over the weekend, well, you gave Iran an extra $6 billion, and this is what you get. The administration pushing back hard on this yesterday, along with the help of all the mainstream media who agrees with them. That is ridiculous. That is misinformation. That's dangerous misinformation. Not a penny of that money has been released yet, and none of that spent. Let's see if we can understand this complicated concept. I'm planning to buy something or do something with some money, uh, but I don't quite have enough yet. I find out. I'm going to get a big chunk of money coming soon. I go ahead and spend my money on that thing I was going to buy. I haven't received a cent yet, but I know I'm going to get in the future. So now I can spend the money I've already got. That's fungible. How do you not understand? How could you possibly? I don't know that the $6 billion is why they did this. They might have done it anyway. But to act like it's impossible, <laughs> that, that, that inf- infusion of money freed up a bunch of other money, that makes you crazy. They are counting specifically on the stupidity of people not understanding that. And that is their only line of defense. Wow. People's stupidity, because it is so obvious. You know, I was going to use the metaphor that I offered to cover your house payment for the next 12 months. So you go ahead and buy a boat. Right. Well, I didn't. Right. I, wait, wait, wait. I, I have expressly forbade Jack from using my gift to buy a boat. I'm just going to give him housing money. He hasn't even received the funds yet. Yeah, I know, and I couldn't believe there's nobody in the media pushing back on that ridiculous system. So whether that had anything to do with it or not, uh, we don't know, but it probably didn't hurt. No, well, there is one person in the media who pushed back a little bit, and that's Kristen Welker on Meet the Press. Asked him specifically about that. Anthony Blinken, I should say. Kind of a weak answer, but that ought to be, uh, that ought to be part of every single story that mentions the $6 billion. Come on. Right. Um... So Israel, uh, they're one of their defense leaders today on one of the cable news channels came out and said the full-scale ground operation into Gaza has begun. That is the most densely populated portion of Earth. Two million people jammed into a tiny little area. Bunch of Israeli hostages there somewhere. So right. what is that going to look like? Israel, Final. Israel doesn't mess around, man. Final 30,000-foot note from me, anyway, is uh, I don't think it's any coincidence that several malign actors have decided during the Biden administration is when they will execute their most evil uh, wishes. Right. We have been saying for a very long time it is a huge national security risk to have such a weak, fading president. For the reasons that are obvious, I think. Um, and he's got another how many months in, in, in office? 15 months more in office? So is the stock market closed today because of the ridiculousness that is Columbus Day? 
slash Indigenous Peoples Day. What a stupid holiday. Well, that is uh, belligerent. My public school kid has the day off. My private school kid is going to school because of their, of course, they recognize. why Because would we, of their lack of respect for exploration. Because Sickening. They recognize, why would we take a day off school for a guy landing in a country that had been occupied by, by hundreds of thousands of people for tens of thousands of years? But it's kind of funny, isn't it, that the public schools who hate the idea of exploration in Columbus are the ones that take it off. And the private schools don't. I find that kind of funny. But. Although I, I think in California, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Is it really? I don't Isn't know. Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the uh, market appears to be open, I think. Is it? I just wondered what the markets were going to do when they opened today. Because, uh, you know, you talk about the markets hate uncertainty. Here's some serious uncertainty. An all-out war with Israel and Iran. And does Saudi Arabia get involved in that? Maybe. I don't know. Mm, I doubt it, but we can analyze it. Uh, we can analyze that. This, is, this seems utterly clear to me, a desperate attempt by the, the ugly, evil Shia axis to prevent a rapprochement between Israel and the Sunni powers. They're desperate, desperate, desperate to return to the 70s, where it was the Arabs, all of us, against the evil Jews. Remember that? Uh, come on now. That's what they're trying to do. I got another question for you uh, on the political position of this later. I want to hear your opinion on. We should start right. the show officially. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Monday, October 9th, the year 2023, we are taking up arms against the Sea of Troubles. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regs, whatever holiday it is. We don't care. We're here at work, and we begin at Mark. One location that we got more video from overnight was a music festival where 260 people were killed. It is hard to imagine that level of a massacre taking place. Yeah, I think it was Ian Bremmer was doing the math on if we had this many people killed in the United States with our population. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that that works psychologically or not. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But anyway, um, uh, I heard one Iranian, uh, I'm sorry, Israeli official call it the worst day in Israel's history, the worst single day, and it certainly may be. It's pretty friggin' awful. Probably worth mentioning that it'll be double digits worth of Americans who were killed in these attacks. Uh, many, many folks from countries all over, uh, all around the world. Uh, and the idea that there are people in the United States cheering and celebrating these attacks, often dressed up like terrorists. I saw them in San Francisco. I saw them in New York on Times Square, uh, hooting and hollering and cheering these attacks. The machine-gunned people at the Peace Music Festival. And you're cheering for that because it's a blow against the evil Jews. Boy, it almost makes you wish we hadn't let millions of people come across the border willy-nilly without any real knowledge of who they are. Anyway, there's plenty to talk about, and you can join in all the time if you want to. Um, text line is 415-295-KFTC. we got Clips of the Week. How's Clips of the Week looking on a, on a Columbus Day? On a Monday? Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I meant uh, I meant mailbag. Uh, mailbag. Mail- hey, play the buzzer on him, you bully. Come on, Michael. You bully. What a little fair, fair-handed referee. And- there weird. you go. It's weird when you do that where you're... Where you're um, I hope this isn't onset dementia. Where your mind is saying one word, but your mouth says a different one. I do that now and then with things. It's it's weird where you're. Yeah, I do it too. Everybody does it, I think. Really? Okay, it's not a sign that I'm about to wander off the stage. 
Can't find the uh, certainly, door. Certainly well, not, Mr. President. Tripping That's over all right. the cords. You, you, you sound great to me. Mailbag is terrific, and stay tuned for it. I get a dog that bites everybody. All that sort of stuff has starts Oh, happening. boy. Stay oh, with no. us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody said, they texted, uh, so how about if the government tells me I don't have to pay my student loan back, and then I use that money to buy a house? Nobody nobody specifically gave you money to buy a house. That's actually been the argument from the left. Hey, that'll stimulate the economy. Uh, that's a good point. So Because the, that'll free up their money to do other things. You see, okay, so now you got that concept, right? Frees up money to do other things. Same, same thing could happen with Iran. They don't have to spend that money on food and roads and whatever else they were going to do. Money that they got set out for that. If you tell them they're going to get $6 billion, now they could spend it on an attack. No, no, no. That money was just for food and roads. Right. They're, they're spe- specifically, as the Secretary of State yesterday, specifically forbidden from using it for anything but humanitarian reasons. Are, are you kidding? Do you? That, my question, my always my question, do you believe that? That's what I want to know. Do you not understand it? Or you know, if my dog was that dumb, I would fire him as my dog. I, I'd hand him a, a, a cardboard box. Tell him I'm sorry. We're going to go in a different direction. Good luck in your future endeavors, sniffing bushes. <laughs> You're too dumb to be my dog. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Hello. Well, Michael it's, had to run out of the room, so it's Columbus oh, Day. Is he dealing with it's him? also boy. You combine Columbus Day with Minimum Monday, you ain't going to get much done. Michael's quiet quitting on us. Michael, it's Mike, the freedom-loving Mike, quote of the day. Michael had to run down. It's, it's a very complicated story. Yeah, I know. I know. It's crazy. He's already an octopus. Then when something oh, goes well, wrong, one he's going to become... One thing we ought to mention is Katie has COVID. Oh, yeah. First time... Well, I think you've just violated HIPAA. Probably. I'm going to sue you. Yeah. First time she's had COVID. I've had it four times, maybe more. First time she's had it in this whole pandemic. And she's quite and- sick, too. Unless she had the ten to eighty percent of cases that are asymptomatic, do we? Does anybody right. know? I don't even care. No, no. I don't even want. To. I just hope she gets well soon. She's a great person, and she feels awful. So, but get well soon. between Katie being sick, Hanson and Michelangelo quiet quitting on Columbus right. Day, it's hard mm. to get anything done. Why are we here? <laughs> hey, my traffic, by the way, was normal. So I don't know what it is or where it's like the restaurant. Yeah, country. yeah, All right. Uh, freedom loving quote of the day, please, Michael. There we go. It's uh, oft repeated. I'm going to vary it simply uh, a little bit from its classic form. If the militants disarmed, the conflict would end and they'd have their own country. If Israel disarmed, Israel would cease to exist and there would be a genocide against Jews again. The classic uh, version of the story being if the Arabs disarmed, there would be peace. If the Israelis disarmed, oh, I'm sorry. If the Arabs uh, disarmed, there would be no war. If the Israelis disarmed, there would be no Israel. I think we're in a similar situation. I think they're done playing. Similar with Ukraine and Russia, as President Zelensky's been saying over, hey, you quit. We're ready to quit. We don't want to quit. We have no interest in where we quit. You're going to take over our country. Right, right. Yeah, mailbag. Very little time, but we'll try... This is exciting. KP has taken up my bet. He says, since I have a family to feed and not a ton of money, the largest sum I can raise is $20. So, Joe, I bet you $20 that Joe Biden does run for president in 2024. They'll hide him in his basement. They'll make it about Trump. They'll give him a big, fat shot in the ass as needed. 
And he'll hide out with cover from the media the rest of the time. I take your bet, sir. You are on, KP. Say goodbye to your 20, you fool. Moving along. Uh, Anna writes, Jack, Joe, these times are way too spicy for me. I need a long, cold drink of water or something stronger. Triple sad sigh. Another week, another historic, terrible thing we haven't seen in forever. Yeah, I would agree. All right, the Sunday news shows were all locked and loaded to go with their big Speaker of the House steps down story. And it's like, who cares about that now? Yeah, goody. Let's argue about Matt Gates. While World War Three is in, uh, close to starting. Yeah. Got a lot more on that uh, some of the opinions from some of the smart people out there and the latest all on the way. And we'd like to hear from you, too. If you miss an hour or a segment, you should subscribe to our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Israelis believe 1,000 Hamas and Islamic Jihad militants entered Israel through 20 different locations along the Gaza border. They blew holes in the side of the wall that separates Israel and Gaza, and they entered these communities, slaughtering people and taking hostages. I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but we do have three and a half hours to cover this story. Mm -hmm. More hours. Um, This reminded me instantly of the conversations we've had about, are we as ready as we think we are? Uh, Because Israel has got one of the best trained and armed militaries in the world, and one of the best security apparatuses in the world, and the best mm. intelligence in the world, just like us. And they got completely pantsed on Saturday morning. People just cut open the fences, drove through with bulldozers, floated over the top of them, wiped out a couple of police stations, killed all the police, and were... Attacked an army base and without were in, warning. And were inside the country slaughtering people on the street, just shooting people on the street, going into homes machine-gunning people. I mean, I you know, again, this is a tangent, but I hope that doesn't happen one day and we're like, wait a second, I thought we were the big bad America and this sort of thing couldn't happen. Because I don't think it's a tangent at all. Okay. I think it's directly related. But holy crap, that's the exact sort of thing that you're not supposed to be able to do to Israel. What happened right. on Saturday? Right. It's uh, they have enormous political challenges, as you know, if you follow the situation, you know, already uh, controversies, the, the marches, the protests in Israel. That's just going to get more intense after the, the hot fighting is done, although the hot fighting could go on for many, many weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I absolutely think that's a relevant question, especially when you see the number of people who are dressed up like terrorists cheering in American cities over the weekend. You know, it's not 50,000, but it's enough to cause a hell of a lot of damage. I'm looking at um, a shot on the TV right now from downtown San Francisco. A lot of people out there waving the Palestinian flags. Well, maybe I'll ask this question now. Like I said, we got three and a half hours to cover this. We got a couple of great military experts on later in the show to get into that. I got into a conversation with yesterday. <clears throat> I don't argue with people about politics. Maybe I should. I don't know. It's just been a longstanding policy that I don't. Um, for whatever reason, maybe it's because I talk about it on the radio for four hours every day or, or the feeling that I feel like in based on my experience, nobody's mind gets changed in these conversations or it's people that agree with each other. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my hurdle. If you sound like you actually want to talk about it and maybe trade ideas, okay, I will. But if you're the sort of belligerent sort who never accepts any sort of, you know, dissent, then no, I have no interest in that. Anyway, uh, this brought this up yesterday, 
And a person said, well, I think Israel's getting what's been coming to them for a long time. And uh, and I threw out a little of, uh, well, they're machine-gunning old women, grabbing children off the street, killing people at a concert. It just... Well, imperialism, yada, yada, yada. But so what I was um, wondering is, what percentage position would you guess that is? Because I was was close to engaging, I didn't, and close to engaging, saying, you realize that's an extreme position. I mean, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden are hardcore, we need to stand with Israel, as is every Republican. I mean, both parties, with the exception of like two people, are, we need to stand with Israel. What, the position you're taking is extreme. You know, you get to have it, but do you realize that? What per, what percentage of people would you say have that position? It's pretty small. I, I would say there are wildly different answers if you're in a college town or not in a college town. Well, that's why I was wondering overall for the United States. I, I couldn't even but guess. But it's got to be it's, single it's, digits. Uh, um, I was going to say something like 20%. Oh, wow. You think it's that high? I don't know. I'm guessing. But yeah, yeah, I think so. That that whole narrative that the Israelis are the oppressors and the sweet, uh, innocent Palestinians uh, would be delighted to live side by side with them. If only Israel would quit being so mean is what a lot of people are taught in, in college and, and they hear from the mainstream media, too, to a large extent. And that whole death to America, death to Israel is just a slogan. They don't actually mean it. They mean live side by side in peace with. If we just exactly. had better boundaries, is what they actually mean. They don't mean death. All right. Well, you know, here's here's a note we got uh, from Marina. Gaza and Hamas are telling Palestinian civilians to not leave so they can use the women and children as human shields. Israel, on the other hand, told the civilian Palestinians, please leave to avoid civilian casualties. That's the difference between civilized and, and, and barbarian, the year 1200. Right. Well... Uh, I don't know what we're going to see out of Israel. I saw one of their spokesmen on CNN on Saturday say the world needs to be be prepared for some very gruesome gruesome images coming out of Gaza because we are not holding back. And I thought, if you're announcing that ahead of time, this is going to be something. Well, I think it's interesting and revealing that the lawyerly and uh, and devoutly Christian David French says the Hamas atrocities against civilians are pure evil. Israel should not permit Hamas to exist in Gaza any longer. It is entirely justified in an overwhelming response. In fact, an overwhelming response is a moral and strategic necessity. So, Well, and Israel is always in a situation that other countries are not, where they could actually cease to exist in like a weekend. That isn't true for very many countries. Right. But they get wiped out damn quickly. Yeah. So they, they, mm-hmm. don't, they don't have the luxury of, you know, we'll hit them kind of hard and hope they back down. All right. You ready for a little more audio? Sure. Did you have uh, one more clip you wanted to play in specifically? I don't remember. I don't know. Let's hear that Richard Engel stuff. I think it's the newest stuff. Oh, yeah. That's from today. Yeah. 45, Michael? Well, I can tell you right now. We are in the town of Zderot, and there has been a lot of incoming fire here. It believes, we believe that it is mortar fire. Some of them also appear to have been rockets. They've been coming in quite close. That is why we are on the, the ground right now. This is still considered a very active combat zone, even though we are inside Israeli territory. So still in Israel, they're trying to clear out uh, terrorists. I'll call them terrorists. 
Well, it's it's worse than that, as he explains in 46, I think. And it is not just the incoming rockets and mortars. Uh, there are also reports from Israeli officials of new infiltrations of Hamas sending more fighters through breaches in the border fence. According to uh, a senior Israeli official, there are about 30 different holes, breaches in that border uh, perimeter, and most of them have been plugged up. Around 90% of them have been plugged up, but 10% remain they're trying to secure them, but remain open. That's Richard Engel of NBC News. There's some amazing reporting out of Israel over the weekend on the big networks and, and the cable news channels. I mean, some really good stuff by some really brave people who were right there. Right, right. Uh, by the way, Israel, which is acutely, realistically aware of its the threats against it and has been since it was created, uh, uses walls. Walls do work. They work really well. Your enemies have to breach them and and, and knock them over to get at you. Anyway, uh, I thought this was an interesting exchange. Anthony Blinken going on Meet the Press to talk about the Biden administration indirectly mm, financing uh, Iran's malign ideas around the globe. Clip 34, Kristen Welker and Anthony Blinken. Mr. Secretary, as you know, Republican candidates have been criticizing the administration for the deal that you just struck with Iran to release five American detainees in exchange for some Iranian detainees, as well as releasing $6 billion. Your officials have already said Iran has not yet seen a cent of that money. But how do you respond to Republican critics who say that that deal funded the attacks on Israel? Well, it's very unfortunate that some are playing politics uh, at a time when so many lives have been lost and Israel remains under attack. Not a single cent has been spent from that account. When any money is spent from that account, it can only be used for medical supplies, for food, for medicine. And those who are saying otherwise are either misinformed or misinforming, and it's wrong either way. Okay, so then the question is, are you that stupid, or do you think I'm that stupid? I assume it's the latter, because he's a smart guy. The latter. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Um, Also, (laughs) if I might, a beautiful, beautiful example of if a uh, Republican congressman is caught with an underage girl, the headline is Republican congressman caught with underage girl. If a Democrat is caught in the same situation, the headline is Republicans accuse Democrat of being with an underage girl. She phrases it. Well, Republicans are saying the transfer of that money. What do you say, sweetheart? When you look at the facts as a journalist, why don't you just express what is clearly true instead of dressing up every attack against attacks, the wrong word, every interrogation of a Democratic official? You have to dress it up in the clothes of, oh, look what the Republicans are saying. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, she actually, in spite of her bias and God knows what else is going on in her head, uh, went to the fungible (laughs) question, 35. What do you say about the argument that money is fungible? So Iran may have known this money is coming and used other funds to help fund this attack. Iran has Iran has unfortunately always used and focused its funds on supporting terrorism, on supporting groups like uh, like Hamas. Uh, And it's done that when there have been sanctions. It's done that when there haven't been sanctions. And it's always prioritized that. And again, I come back to the proposition that from these funds have always been under the law, available to Iran to use for humanitarian purposes. The Trump administration set up a very similar mechanism to enable uh, Iran to use uh, these uh, these kinds of assets for humanitarian purposes. Yeah, but they, the didn't, okay. they didn't know they were going to get the money. And again, for humanitarian purposes, they, she just covered that with the whole fungible thing, dude. 
Although he did say Iran has always funded terrorists anytime they get money. So, yeah, we absolutely knew the $6 billion would go to terrorism was the unspoken thing he said. Now, if, if y'all want to have an argument about, well, we got to get our people back and, and it was Iran's money being frozen uh, and that was a, a fair price to get our people back. OK, we can have that argument, but let's go ahead and admit what is plainly true. Well, they got an infusion of $6 billion, no matter how you slice it. And then a couple of weeks later, there's the biggest attack on Israel in 50 years. Iranian security officials have planned Hamas's Saturday surprise attack on Israel, gave the green light for the assault at a meeting in Beirut last Monday, according to senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah, another Iran-backed militant group. Officers of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps worked with Hamas since August to devise the air, land, and sea incursions, most significant breach of Israel's border since 1973. Uh, and they, uh, the Wall Street Journal I'm quoting from, they have multiple sources from multiple organizations, so it's clearly true. We'll talk to, uh, so we're going to talk to Jeff McCausland and Mike Lines, two of our favorite go-to military guys who know what it's like to be in battle. About, I guess, mostly the military aspect of what it's going to take. The, the, the ground invasion has begun, according to Israel, into Gaza. The That's... siege. They've cut off electricity, food, water. Boy, and how's the now the political side of that? How's the world going to react to that? And they start talking about little kids with no water, et cetera, et cetera. It's 2.2 million people. That's a pretty big city. In a tiny area. Anyway, we've got a lot more on the way, and you can comment on the text line anytime you want. 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Since we're going to talk to a military expert coming up about this, I would like to hear your opinion before we ask them. How the heck is Israel going to go into one of the most densely populated areas on the planet and wipe out... Hamas without killing their own hostages that are there being used as human shields. How are they going to do that? I have heard it phrased uh, as follows. It will be extremely difficult and it will complicate their efforts. I think it's an unsolvable riddle. I think a hell of a lot of hostages are going to die. Yeah, I don't want to be extra gruesome, but do you think their idea is just... Obviously, we'll tr- we, we hope not to have the hostages die, but if that happens, that's just part of the deal. <laughs> Blast in with overwhelming force and so shock them that some of the hostages can be free. With the yeah, real, it's, it's it's terrible, gruesome. Oh yeah, sad math. With the real politic of more Israelis will die if we don't wipe out Hamas. Right, we may have to sacrifice the hundreds to save the millions. Wow, that is rough stuff. More on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. We'll make sure that they have the help their citizens need and they can continue to defend themselves. Mr. Secretary, do you acknowledge that both Israeli intelligence officials and U.S. intelligence officials were caught off guard here? This is an attack that I don't think anyone saw coming in the um, uh, in the immediate. So was it an intelligence uh, failure, said, Mr. Secretary? Uh, this, do you acknowledge it was an intelligence failure? We will have failure? plenty. We will have. We will have plenty of time to, uh, the Israelis will have plenty of time to look into that. Uh, All of us will have time to look into that. Man, I'm looking up at the TV, some of the gruesome footage from over the weekend. The one that stuck out to me so much is that all those people running at that concert, that outdoor concert, running for their lives. And then a lot of them getting killed. They pulled like 300 bodies out of there yesterday. 
to discuss the uh, many topics that have arisen in the wake of the Hamas attack on Israel. We've invited military analyst Mike Lyons to join us. Once again, you see Mike on CNN, other places serve the United States military all over the world. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be with you. So what is your initial reaction to the, the horrors? Yeah, it, hard to get your head around. Um, the, you know, the, the Israeli military usually is well prepared for something like this that would have happened. But uh, from that 9/11 analogy, you know, ten things went right on the on the Hamas side, and ten things went wrong on the Israeli side, and that's why we have the catastrophe that that, that ends up happening, and, and now starts what could be a second front in another war on on. Uh, that that could expand beyond this footprint. So I, I am uh, you know following closely. I think that um, Hamas has now taken a big strike, but I think they're dead people walking at this point. I, I think the Israelis are just not going to stop. You heard them say they're going to take out their capability to fight, and then they're going to take out their ability to govern. So this is going to be Afghanistan 2.0, that like the Taliban. They're they're not they're going to be around. And like I said, the Israelis are not going to stop given what's happened. There's going to be collateral damage like we've never seen in this century, probably, uh, mm. for this to happen. But, um, but that I think that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I saw a representative of Israel on CNN over the weekend say the world needs to be prepared for some gruesome images coming out of Gaza, yeah. basically, you yeah. know, preparing yeah. people for what you were just saying. So we were wondering about the hostages. So if they've got a hundred or more Israelis and some American hostages there. In the Gaza Strip, how's how are how are Israeli fighters going to go in and and manage that whole thing? Well, I think you know to, I'll give Israel the credit of literally micromanaging that to the Aegis, which is you know a country other countries couldn't do that; it wouldn't have the capability to do that. So, what does that mean? That means they're look, looking to geotag every specific one of where those people could or would be. They're willing to put special forces and and, and operators and those kinds of guys on the ground there uh, to go in quick strikes in all likelihood they'll put themselves at risk to doing this uh, but but i think that's what that's what that means um they'll try to get all of those hostages back um for from israel's perspective protecting their citizens now at this point is their number one priority so i think you're going to see some incredible rescue missions going forward uh, but that could also lead to situations like black hawk down again so many historical analogies here w- with what could happen going forward it's my opinion, Mike, and feel free to agree, disagree, or, or neither, that uh, this was a desperate attempt by Shia uh, you know, groups, including Iran, to derail any rapprochement between Israel and, and the Sunni Arab world, uh, which you know brings Hezbollah to mind, uh, a, mm-hmm. a truly potent force that's poised on Israel's border. If this escalates, what's that going to look like, do you suppose? Right, I, I totally agree. No, I, and this at that fifty thousand feet is a Shia-Sunni divide, and and from what's happening with Saudi Arabia, the Abraham Accords, and the like, and um, and the difference between now and nineteen seventy-three is that there's not a whole lot of Arab states ready to come on the side of of Hamas and the Palestinian groups there. That so, whereas back then the Syrians and the Egyptians and everybody else was attacking Israel in different directions with armored forces, um, and so that was a you know different kind of war. This is a classic now this century war of intervention terrorism proxy the proxy the iranians have got their fingerprints all over this and to think that the money that we've been sending them twice right the obama administration now this administration i mean we cannot pass the red face test and think 
that that's, that money's not found its way into military equipment manufacturers that's made rockets that have been shipped to this part of the world. It's it's just, you know, for us to think that, that that's the case is just ridiculous. But, but that's exactly right. I think this is a Shia-Sunni divide that will eventually figure its way out. But it's also about Saudi Arabia getting nuclear weapons because the Iranians don't want that to happen because Saudi Arabia wants them. Uh, so there's a nuclear arms, there's a nuclear kind of undercurrent to this but at all. But that, that's exactly right. At 50,000 feet, that's, that's clearly driving this as well. Yeah, I just saw David Ignatius of the Washington Post on one of the cable channels saying that that Saudi Arabia-Israeli deal would have effectively ended the Arab-Israeli conflict. It would have been over at that point. And obviously yeah. this attack over the weekend reignites it as we see Palestinian flags in the streets of all our American cities. So... Um, Iran did a good job of bringing that back up. But so the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Iran planned this, gave the go ahead for it. If that is nailed down that Iran was, you know, acutely involved, is is Israel at war with Iran? And do they strike Iran, do you think? They could. Uh, they could. You could see a situation what happened in '81 when the Israelis decided to preemptively strike Osirik, take out the Syrian. Uh, I'm sorry, the Iraqi nuclear capability, um, and then go after that um, because you know bombing you know downtown Tehran is not going to get in many favor in the in the world. But but to, to you know again, Israel doesn't do things like go in front of the United Nations and bring pictures and try to convince everybody. They don't play. They just go. So that that's. There's a likelihood, I think, that's what they will possibly do if they feel that they could escalate it now. I, I do believe Israel thinks from a uh, from their perspective that at some point we're going to have to fight all these people. So let's get it done now. Let's get it done at a time when we're at a position of strength. And and, our, and the enemy surrounding technically is weakest. Look, the Hamas really have no military capabilities. 100,000 troops have just been mobilized by Israel. This is going to be – they're going to flatten Gaza. It's going to be over. They're not going to have any way to – they're going away. They're dead. So it's just a matter of time, and that's, they're not stopping until that happens. And then the question is if they turn their sights towards Tehran. We'll see. Military analyst Mike Lyons on the line. Mike, what's the U.S. role in this going to be? You know, this is completely administration dependent. And, you know, when you saw the Secretary of State basically put out a message of appeasement last night, and thank God he deleted it, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, this administration still... It's, it's got a lot of Obama fingerprints on it, right? And and so, you know, I'm, I'm 62 years old, and, and we, I think we've talked about before, Iran is the number one foreign policy failure in our lifetime, in my lifetime, no question about it. It's dictated my military career. It's dictated so many things, the way national security goes. And we had a president, Barack Obama, that tried to fix that. He's about my age. He tried to fix that, and I give him credit for it, but he didn't fix it. He just kicked the can down the road and tried and, and put a deal together. The Trump administration came and blew it up. The Biden administration, frankly, is trying to do the same thing. They think, they think, they think the Iranians are not that bad, and they gave them the money for the hostages, all those kinds of things. So I think we're going to be very much gun-shy with doing anything towards, um, you know, that's going to make Iran more angry, which I think is ridiculous. I think if it was a different administration. You see the, the Ford Carrier Group now has been deployed. I think they have to be careful because has, uh, Iran and, 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 and has shipped them naval warfare weapons. Now, they're not going to sink a carrier or anything like that, but what if they start opening up on U.S. naval forces that are, that are in the Mediterranean? How's that going to go? Are we going to respond then? So it, is it, it, there would be another administration. It's possible that we could have a war with Iran and get this over with, too, on the side of Israel. But um, we just have to see. I'm, I'm not very bullish that they're going to punish Iran in any way over this. My final question about us, uh, watching this over the weekend, it was, it was so imaginable, unimaginable because you have this view of Israel as just, you know, 
their intelligence system, their military, their security, their walls, just everything absolutely top-notch, high-tech, well-trained, well-tested, and then it gets breached like this? Um, Are we capable of having that sort of failure out of nowhere where we all wake up one day and say, I thought we were better than that? Yeah, I mean, if this isn't a wake-up call for us to look at our southern border and the security going there. I mean, th- this was, again, all so many things went right. They, they practiced for it. They rehearsed it. They had PSYOP for it. They attacked in, on a holiday. They um, knew where the weak points were. Um, there was some little consternation in, within the um, Israeli military about what was going on with the Supreme Court. So you, you, you bring, again, bring all those factors into play, all those linchpins that happen right for the side of Hamas, wrong for the side of Israel, and they were able to be successful. But they had, it's a one-shot deal, and they're done. Now, again, they killed 1,200 Israelis, just like, in, just like us. We, you know, 3,000 Americans are killed on 9-11, and it launched us on a 20-year conquest to, to eliminate terrorism in the world, spending, what, $5 $6 trillion dollars, uh, killing, I saw a report, a million people. Uh, so that's the collateral damage from our 9-11 attack. So for, for us to tell Israel that they can't do anything right now is a little bit side-eyed. But, but yeah, I, the Israelis are going to look at this and say, we got to do better. Military analyst Mike Lyons. Mike, thanks so much for the time. I hope we can stay in touch. This is going to be going on for some time. Thanks, guys. I'll be close. Yep. Wow, that is an interesting stat he hit us with that I've never heard before. We killed a million people, including collateral damage, in our 20-year war on terror? All things considered, yeah, that's horrifying, but it sounds right as the ripples spread outward. And I just wanted, before it flits out of my mind, I was trying to find the specific wording, but one thing he made reference to was the initial uh, statement by uh, Anthony Blinken uh, via Twitter or whatever it was. It was extremely equivocal. It was... Uh, both sides need to practice restraint and avoid retaliatory and escalating strikes. W- what? That was our State Department's statement on it? Hey, both sides need to calm down. Let's not have retaliatory strikes. They just par- they just attacked our country and slaughtered hundreds of young people at a concert. Yeah, there's going to be a retaliatory strike like history has never seen. And then our State Department has to retract their statement. It's so effing embarrassing. That's extraordinary. That that will be lost to the, you know, the the carnage and the more important topics, but that is a shocking and embarrassing moment. Yeah, that's pretty weak. How about Mike Lyons saying we're going to see collateral damage like we haven't seen this century? Woo. Yeah, I bet he's right. As we watch uh, Ukraine unfold, that's a hell of a thing. Uh, yeah. Hell of a thing to say. All right. Uh, Some of the reaction in the U.S., particularly among our university crowd, absolutely shocking. Yeah, we can get to that and a bunch of other stuff, and you can weigh in on the text line four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Israeli attack was made because we are perceived as being weak and ineffective and with a a really weak leader. The Iranians are funding Hamas and Hezbollah and all these groups, and they're funding it in part with money that they've gotten because of the Biden administration's weak policies. This is what happens when you have a president like Joe Biden. I also believe this is what happens when you have leaders in the Republican Party. That are signaling retreat on the world's stage. 
Uh, that would be a reference to uh, Trump's America first and pulling back from foreign entanglements. Certainly an area of uh, disagreement on the Republican side of, of politics. There was a handful of Republican candidates, not including Nikki Haley, who was pretty strong on this in one of the talk shows that I watched yesterday. But it's a fairly uniting topic between Republicans and Democrats. I mean, you saw Chuck Schumer be just as strong yesterday in his comments as Nikki Haley was as a Republican running for president. I'm looking up at a bunch of smoke over Gaza right now. Uh, Breaking news, it says massive explosion seen in Gaza. I don't know what that's all about. I think on CBS News, they're interviewing... um, uh, one of your former prime ministers of Israel, who I remember was uh, like a special forces dude. Like most of your prime ministers over the years in Israel have been like, they're not just uh, academically discussing military operations. They're people that participated themselves, including um, Benjamin Netanyahu, who was uh, a member of the Israeli Defense Force for many years and in some of the biggest battles in their nation's history also. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not it's it's not it's not a um uh, what what do they call that the I've never actually been in war but I'm sending people in a chicken hawk it's certainly not a chicken hawk view of what it's going to be like to go into Gaza for those Israelis and and fight door to door yeah I think it's absolutely an expression of the Israeli character they've been constantly under threat since the day Israel was founded and so yeah to lead Israel they won't have an armchair quarterback. Uh, commanding their military and making military and security decisions. They want you to be tough and proven. And I think uh, here in the U.S., and and this has happened repeatedly through our history, we're so protected by originally our oceans and now our might and our nuclear arsenal and our oceans. We do, uh, we take, uh, take runners on, on people who have no sense of national security or, or the military or no particular respect for them. Uh, a lot, and and one of these days it's going to come home to roost, like it has repeatedly in our our history. But I hope that day won't be soon. Couple of fringe Democrats made some comments that I hate about. You know, Israel brought this on themselves, but for the most part, there is great unanimity among the Republicans and Democrats at all levels on we stand with Israel, and this is a horrifying terrorist attack. And all the all the your Sunday talk shows yesterday, all the hosts presented it that way. It's interesting, then, with that level of unanimity to see so many Palestinian flags in the streets of our major cities. Yeah, absolutely so. Uh, coming up in a little bit, some great analysis from the fabulous Victor Davis Hansen. But to Jack's point, Ian Bremer tweeted, large number of Harvard student organizations blaming Israel solely for the Hamas terrorist attack, killing, at the time, 700 civilians. Can't imagine who would want to identify with such a group. Harvard parents, talk to your educated kids about this, which is a remarkably strong thing for Ian Bremer to say. Yeah. But but it's a joint statement by Harvard-Palestine solidarity groups on the situation in Palestine. I'll just read you the first sentence. We, the undersigned student organizations, hold the Israeli regime entirely responsible responsible for all unfolding violence. All the violence. As I mentioned, I talked to somebody yesterday who that was their response. Just, yeah. You're insane. You're absolutely insane. It's, a, it's certainly a fringe, to my mind, very fringe opinion. 
But the uh, undersigned included the Harvard College Pakistan Students Association, the Harvard Divinity School Muslim Association, the Harvard Middle Eastern and North African Law Student Association, Harvard Grad Students for Palestine, Harvard Islamic Society, Harvard Law School Justice for Palestine, uh, etc., etc. Just goes on and on. There look to be about 25 of these groups and clubs that are holding Israel entirely responsible for well, all of the violence. Well, a lot of those students are fake sailboat captains or something. That's how their parents got them into Harvard. But uh, some of them are, in theory, our best and brightest. How do you like to send off your super smart kid and, and come up with a way to fund them in Harvard? And they have an extremely out there view about these sorts of world events. That'd be disappointing. Young people are easy to propagandize. It's just true. They're easy to indoctrinate. I'm looking at another latest CNN reporter, Clarissa Ward, who I was watching over the weekend, right in the midst of the horror, forced to take cover in a ditch as she reports from the ground in Israel at the ongoing explosions. So it's going to be jumping there for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe a very, very long while. I certainly hope not. But, boy, the chances of this escalating, getting more complicated, are at least decent. Now, CBS is reporting on it. I don't know how much of this breaking news to do since a lot of you listen on podcasts, but they're saying currently striking in Lebanese territory, which would be an expansion. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be about Hezbollah. Yeah. And if attacks are launched from Lebanese territory, hit Lebanese territory. Right. Signed Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, so Victor Davis Hanson, the sage of Fresno, California, great thinker, conservative thinker, writer, historian, uh, just truly admirable guy. Had dinner with him once and, uh, and he, he tolerated me. It was like, uh, you know, it's like uh, my relationship with Baxter. I was affectionate. I was loyal. I uh, kept my paws off the table, and he was very gentlemanly. Did he scratch your belly at any point? Uh, He did once, yeah, and it was lovely. Uh, But he's writing about this, and uh, I'll summarize some of it. Uh, Why did Hamas stage a long-planned, carefully executed, and multifaceted attack on Israeli town soldiers and civilians? Uh, And he goes into, first of all, it would seem radical Palestinians wanted to stop any rumored report, uh, you know, relationship between the Gulf monarchies, Sunnis and the Israelis, because it's moving in a big hurry in that direction, united against Iran and the uh, vile, violent uh, Shia radical element in the Middle East. Uh, and then he goes into the history of it, uh, how Arab forces always attack Israel through through surprise attacks during Israeli holidays. And he gives several examples through the years. Um, it's when their guard is down. And, and then he throws in the note, so much for the Arab warnings for Westerners to never conduct war during Ramadan. Oh, yeah. right. No kidding. Yeah. He mentions Hamas may have reckoned that recent Israeli turmoil and mass leftist street protests over the proposed reforms of the Supreme Court led uh, to uh, internal divisions that they could exploit. I think that's uh, part of it. He mentions that in a larger sense, the Biden administration has contributed to both the nation that Hamas, the notion that Hamas was a legitimate Middle East player and the perception that the U.S. was backing away from its traditional support for Israel to the delight of Hamas based on the following inexplicable policies. And here's the part I wanted to get to. In February of this year, Secretary of State Blinken had bragged that not only had the Biden administration resumed massive aid to the PLA uh, canceled by Trump, but cumulatively had transferred $1 billion, even as Palestinian authorities bragged that they would continue to pay bounties to the families of martyrs. 
uh, i.e. those killed while conducting terrorist attacks against Israel. And millions of American dollars also went into Gaza, run by Hamas, despite the Biden administration's effort to keep mostly quiet the resumption of such inexplicable support. In this regard, note the current shameful U.S. State Department website news release that was posted after the attack. It ended uh, with this quite embarrassing morally equivalent admonition. This is what I was looking for earlier. We urge all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terror and violence solve nothing. Mm. Now, that was later taken down shamefully by our State Department. Wow. Read that again. I hadn't heard this. I heard about it, but I hadn't heard the exact wording. We urged all sides to refrain from violence and retaliatory attacks. Terror and violence solve nothing. And as VDH writes, all sides refrain from retaliatory attacks. So Israel is the moral equivalent of terrorists executing civilians and brutalizing their corpses. And the IDF then is not supposed to retaliate against these killers. And terror solves nothing. Okay. Violence solves nothing. So Israel is supposed to respond with no violence. All right. Biden administration recently released that uh, much-discussed $6 billion to Iran through the prisoner swap. We had uh, Anthony Blinken's sad and pathetic effort to explain away the fungibility of money earlier in the show. Uh, Almost immediately after his inauguration, Biden mobilized to resume the bankrupt Iran deal. In in unhinged fashion, he appointed the anti-Israeli bigot, pro-Iranian journalist Robert Malley as America's chief negotiator. You may recall, if you're a news junkie, that Malley is now under FBI investigation for security breaches involving disclosing classified U.S. documents and also for allegedly helping pro-Iranian activists and propagandists land influential billets inside the U.S. government. In short, there was a general Hamas and Iranian perception that the Biden administration had resumed the discredited Obama madness of empowering Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas. I would agree with VDH. I will admit, the question of what to do with Iran is not an easy one. An evil, fairly powerful regime that just is okay being isolated and a pariah. Part of it has to do with ancient uh, Muslim religious battles, but is there any doubt now that an Iran armed with a nuclear bomb would mean a world oh. where there was a nuclear attack, nuclear oh holocaust? Oh, my God. Um, now I'm looking at Richard Engel on MSNBC just moments ago taking cover, so it's uh, getting very splody for all the reporters that are over there. We'll find out, I'm sure, what Israel is up to after it happens, because they ain't going to tell nobody. No, no, they're not that concerned with PR. No, no, they aren't. Um, the point Mike Lyons made earlier this hour, if you didn't hear that segment, you should subscribe to our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It was a pretty good conversation about what this is likely to look like and uh, what their tactics are going to be and all that sort of stuff. Um. Man, the fact that they are able to pull this off, as I saw a number of uh, people say over the weekend, well, that needs to be discussed later, which I understand why, because people are under threat right now. But man, that is one hell of a failure. I think that's significantly beyond our 9-11 failure. Um, That'd be like if we'd thrown all our best technology and defenses and intel at purely protecting the World Trade Center, and they had knocked it down. 
yeah, the word shocking is overused in today's world. It's a shocking failure of intelligence and security. You think they had anybody anybody on the inside? Or or is it because of Who, all the, the Israelis? Uh, well, uh, however you want to look at it, a double agent or something like that. That doesn't really happen with Israel. Much. No, I don't I don't understand how that would help anyway. They're An inside job. Down. Right, yeah. So, do you think it's the political turmoil they've had over the recent months, where you got a whole bunch of people, you know, reservists not showing up and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it was a that's a contributor, I think, but I, I, mostly it's that the the uh, the conventional thinking within Israel and among their allies was that, and the phrase uh, came up several times that Hamas and Gaza and all was in a uh, uh, a state of unstable stability. That the way things seem to be now and the negotiations and the, 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 that's stable. It's it's unstable, but it's stable um, and it'll be fine. It's a little volatile, but it's not going to get very different. That was what all the thinkers thought, or at least those who, who had the reins of power. The number of Americans killed in Israel over the last 72 hours is now nine, and I don't know if how much effect that has on uh, where we are politically on this whole story. That number will grow significantly. Probably. Yeah, I think all those numbers are going to grow. Some new information out about our border and how many people on the terror watch list have been found crossing our border. Mike Lyons brought that up earlier in the hour. The What about our, who, who are we letting in in our country that might be planning some sort of tech? Man, you want to talk something about that, something that roils our domestic politics? Holy cow. I was just going to say, you add to that all the people demonstrating in various cities up with Hamas, up with the Palestinians, Ooh. and our open borders, and all the guns in America. I have a very, very bad feeling oh my about God. what might happen, uh, especially as Israel retaliates. And I have a very bad feeling about the way we would adjust as a society when it happens. Woo-wee. A lot on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. We're fed up with uh, this uh, hypocrisy. Uh, It's time for Israel to fight back. It's time for Israel to destroy Hamas. Destroy Hamas, former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett? Correct, yep. Uh, New reporting coming out from a variety of network news sources. At least a dozen missiles fired from Lebanon into Israel. And Hezbollah... As we've been talking about for the last several hours, there's concern if Hezbollah gets involved, then it's a different thing all of a sudden. Hezbollah has declared that if the United States gets involved, we will pay a price on our installations in the Middle East. Well, to discuss these disturbing developments and the situation at large, uh, Dr. Jeff McCausland joins us. Jeff is CBS News military consultant, also senior fellow at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the Naval Academy. Jeff, it's always a pleasure. How are you, sir? Very well, sir, but a busy day, to say the least. I'd imagine uh, this feels very much, as Jack was explaining, like a situation that could easily escalate and spread. Uh, Would you agree? How concerned are you about that? Well, I'm very concerned, and Jack is exactly right. I mean, these threats by Hezbollah are are not necessarily, you know, without without backing. That being said, I hope the leader Hezbollah gazes out in the Mediterranean and and soon to be able to see the USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier off the shore there along with a couple destroyers and a missile-firing cruiser. 
which might deter him from thinking about making any attacks against the United States. Is that the point of our having those ships there? Absolutely, without question. This is a show of force, demonstration of the unity between the United States and Israel, and it's to deter, just as I just got done saying, uh, anybody else from getting involved in this militarily, or frankly, even expanding the level of military assistance they might provide Hamas. Now, that being said, does that guarantee that will work? Of course it doesn't. Uh, but certainly this is a quick demonstration of U.S. military power. And in addition, the United States has dispatched additional fighter aircraft to the region, probably into the Gulf region as well, to seek to enhance our deterrence strategy, not only with Hezbollah, but also with Iran, which we know supplies massive military assistance to Hamas. And many have already argued, uh, actually assisted in the coordination and planning of this particular assault by Hamas against Israel. Jeff, how surprised were you by, uh, look at it either way, the, the success of the attack or the failure of the Israeli Defense Forces? Well, I think I was extraordinarily surprised by the failure of, of the Israeli intelligence sources, quite honestly, because mm-hmm. Hamas achieved a tactical, operational, and strategic uh, intelligence success almost immediately. And, and members of Mossad, which is revered as an intelligence service, as well as the military intelligence directorate, which is known as Amman in Israel, uh, totally failed, even though they have massive assets of linguists, signal intelligence, and informants, etc. Now, this operation involved thousands of people and was conducted without any whisper of it being of it being uh, happening. Uh, many might believe this is because Israel was distracted to a degree by ongoing social unrest, as the Netanyahu government has been trying to drive through this massive judicial reform against large-scale popular opposition, and also very significant military operations being conducted by the IDF against uh, Palestinian groups on the on the West Bank, which had, we may believe, perhaps distracted Israel and allowed this intelligence failure to occur. The Air Force of Israel has launched extensive attacks in the last couple of hours on Hamas, watching the smoke on TV right now. Their defense minister of Israel announced a full siege of the Gaza Strip, said there'd be no electricity, no food, no fuel, and a ground invasion has begun. You as a military guy, what is that ground invasion going to look like? How do they go in there and with a hundred or more hostages that they're going to try to rescue? What's that going to look like? Yeah, this is likely to be horrific, quite frankly. Keep in mind, the Gaza Strip is only about 140 square miles, but there's about 2 million people in the Gaza Strip. It is one of the most densely populated places on the planet earth about thirteen thousand people per square mile we're talking dense streets apartment buildings etc this is going to be door-to-door urban fighting at its worst and the advantages that israel enjoys of heavy armor and that kind of military force is neutralized to a significant degree the israelis then will have the terrible choice of of fighting it out door-to-door and the possibility of large-scale casualties on their side or standing back as israel has done in the past quite frankly and pounding the Gaza Strip with artillery and with airstrikes. But to do that now causes two further problems. One, it certainly endangers the lives of those hundred hostages you just mentioned. And second of all, as you've really seen in the past, the more and more that they pound on the Gaza Strip and those two million civilians that are there, the more and more the Israel's reputation around the globe suffers in the light of the world population and the bigger the humanitarian crisis in the aftermath. Dr. Jeff McCausland, CBS News military consultant on the line. Jeff, I'm not asking for a prediction here. I just love to hear your thinking. Uh, does this feel like something that will be uh, a kinetic, uh, you know, uh, 
battle for days, weeks, months? What's your sense of that? I think it will go on definitely for weeks, if not months, because, again, as we said a moment ago, if Israel moves into Gaza, it appears that they are, and there are also reports, frankly, that in a telephone conversation between President Biden and Prime Minister Netanyahu, he said, we're going in. This becomes kind of a battle to the death. Uh, in past, I've been in Israel and had Israeli military officers say to me, you know, periodically we, we have to mow the grass. What does that mean? Well, that means conduct military operations against uh, Hamas and the Gaza Strip, as they did in 2008, 12, 14, and 21. But they did not physically invade the Gaza Strip for the reason we just discussed. This time, based on the surprise, the level of casualties, over 700 Israelis have been killed. Proportionally, if that was the United States as a proportion of population, that would be about 25,000 dead Americans. So as a consequence, I think Israel now is convinced victory, which is what Mr. Netanyahu says they seek, will be the outright destruction of Hamas. And that'll mean a ground invasion. And that'll be make mean weeks and months of fighting. If it is nailed down with certainty that what the Wall Street Journal is reporting is true, that Iran backed this, planned it, announced when it would happen they're behind this. Does Israel strike Iran? That's something I'm sure the Israelis are considering, but considering in the background. They have their hands pretty doggone full right now with the ongoing hostilities with Hamas. They're also very concerned that Hezbollah in the north, which has a far greater sophisticated military force, a lot more rockets, might also intervene, giving the Israelis the possibility of a two-front war. And they've also got to be concerned about the possibility of more uprisings on the West Bank, which might bring them a three-front war. So for the time being, at least, I'm pretty sure the Israelis are are a bit preoccupied. But uh, you're quite right. If the proof can be presented, and that's probably very difficult to do, that Iran was directly involved in the actual planning and execution. No doubt they provided military supplies. But the planning and execution of the war, then that could threaten in future a wider enmity between Iran and uh, and Israel. Oh, by the way, there are those, me included, who believe that Iran may have encouraged this because they were concerned about an ongoing American effort to seek normalization of relations between Saudi Arabia and Israel, which would be an earthquake and be a disaster strategically for the Iranians. Uh, an attack on U.S. installations of any sort, obviously we would respond over there in the Middle East. You know, Hezbollah threatened us with that. But outside of that, would anything bring us in? Would we be firing any missiles, or, or, or are we going to try to stay out of it? No, I think we're going to try to stay out of it. I mean, the force presence is important. The United States may be involved in providing intelligence that it can gain by having its you know, command and control ships nearby the, co- the coastline in terms of infiltration and the like. Uh, or incoming missile defense radars, et cetera, they may be helpful in providing that information uh, to Israel. Obviously, that U.S. military force in the region could also be used to evacuate Americans if the situation worsened even farther. But I don't see a direct U.S. military involvement unless this war, in fact, expands. Though, we'll clearly be providing a couple of aircraft, I think have already arrived in Israel, provide additional military assistance in terms of munitions, equipment, spare parts, et cetera, Israeli army is very, very, very largely equipped with American military hardware. So all those things are very valuable to the Israelis. So they have a lot of supplies of their own. If this goes on for a longer period of time, more and more munitions may be required. And that could put a strain right now on U.S. wartime stocks, which we all know have been sniffly drawn down by mm. American support for the war in, wow. war in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, the war in Ukraine. 
Forgot right. about that during right. all this conversation. CBS News military consultant, Dr. Jeff McCausland. Jeff, uh, well done as always. Thanks so much for the time. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for this paragraph from the Washington Post. Should have thrown this out probably earlier. Hamas emerged as an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood during the Palestinian uprising in 1987 against Israeli occupation of Gaza and the West Bank. And in October of 1997, the United States designated Hamas a terrorist organization. Worth mentioning a couple of things uh, just off of comments Jeff made. Number one, having read the Wall Street Journal's reporting on the involvement of Iran in in planning the attack and financing it and, and scheduling it and the rest of it, it's very, very solid reporting with multiple sources among people who ought to know. So I think that truth absolutely will emerge. I'd be shocked if it doesn't. And keep in mind that Israel hunted down people who murdered their athletes at the Olympics, for instance, a decade later, a couple of decades later. They don't forget. Yeah, so on the proof that is that Iran did it, is that one of those things you acknowledge, though? You might have proof, and you continue to say, we say, and Israel says, uh, you know, we still uh looking into the backing of Iran. If Iran had blah, 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 you say strong words. Because otherwise, you're in, a, you're in a tough position if you flat out come out and say Iran did this. And you don't retaliate. I don't really trust Anthony Blinken and Joe Biden to do the right thing. But assuming we had a a non-senile president and strong leadership, uh, yeah, I would have no problem with that. Don't show your cards unless you have to. If you're saying, yeah, we don't believe that to be true, even while planning an attack, a retaliatory attack, it's fine with me. Yeah, how about Hezbollah coming out and saying, we better stay out of it or they'll attack our interests in the Middle East? Wow. All right, here's my concern. Less that, um, because in conventional war, it it's not even close. Um, I am more concerned, having seen nationwide, it's certainly thousands of people, many of them of Middle Eastern descent, dressed up like Hamas, dancing in the streets, celebrating the attacks in a country that has a great deal of freedom, a completely porous southern border, and a hell of a lot of guns. I don't think Iran's uh, proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, would limit themselves to attacking our military assets. I I got a very bad feeling about ugly things happening in the United States. Part of the reason that uh, they haven't really much since 9-11, partly the excellent efforts of our security forces and law enforcement, also because we've really pulled back from the Middle East in any significant way. You know, Afghanistan, we were babysitting for quite a while before Biden's disastrous willy-nilly pullout. Um, And Iraq is long, you know, essentially a thing of the past. That's part of the reason things have been safe. We just haven't been the great Satan for a lot of the militants for a while. If this thing escalates, we will be again. And then, of course, the next step in that chain of uh uh-oh is how does American society react if that sort of thing happens, uh, terrorist attack within our shores once or twice. Um, what happens in terms of civil liberties, uh, government surveillance, constitutional rights, the rest of it? I'm, I'm concerned. Yeah. We got a lot more on this. It's a heck of a story. And you can comment on your uh, yourself if you want to weigh in on this. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. The Israeli Air Force has hit 120 targets in Gaza in the last three hours. According to the Israeli Defense Minister, that's hard to imagine in an area that size.
Anyway, we got more on that coming up later. You want something complete? Yes. I was going to say the ground invasion is going to be something to see. Yeah, well, we've had two military analysts on. I think one used the word horrific, and the other one used a similar sort of word. Yeah. Yeesh. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Gaza Strip is just down this road. We are right on the border between Israel and Gaza. And the towns that we've been reporting from have also seen infiltration attempts overnight and this morning. So it's a similar situation in the north. It's not as intense yet, but Israel must brace for the possibility that Lebanese militants get involved in this fight and that Hezbollah starts to fire more advanced missiles toward Israel. Uh, Already fired a dozen or so from the north, from Lebanon, while missiles still coming into the south of Israel. So it's full on two front battle today anyway and uh, armed bands of gunmen are continuing to try to penetrate israel and attack more towns and settlements and uh, etc uh as israel is mobilizing i've heard 100 200,000 i even heard 300,000 reservists Ooh. getting them armed and in uniform and ready to fight so yeah this is going to be going on for god knows how long well this is one for the history books uh it's is every bit as big or if not bigger a deal than the 1973 yom kippur attack that i've been reading about my whole adult life mm-hmm. so um uh one other thing oh the that iron dome is quite the amazing oh yeah system as 4000 rockets were fired into israel over the last two and a half days 4000 and most of them intercepted by the yeah, Iron Dome. Practically uh, all of them as a percentage. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I don't mean to make light of what's a horrifying humanitarian disaster, but it's pretty amazing to watch the video of the nighttime rocket attacks and the Iron Dome kicking into, uh, into action. Crazy. Uh, well, since, just let me mention this, just since we're on the topic, and then I will shut up about it for a while. Um, the siege of Gaza, the Israeli defense minister announced that no electricity, no food, and no fuel for 2.2 million people. Well, and I heard they're cutting off the water, too. Yeah. No electricity, no food, no fuel. And he said, we are fighting animals. We will act accordingly. Wow. And like I said, I saw uh, someone representing Israel on CNN over the weekend said, the world needs to prepare to see some very... Hard to look at pictures out of Gaza, so they're 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 announcing ahead of time we're going to do ugly stuff. Yeah, yeah. What is the uh, Latin phrase for all-out war? Whatever it is, I'm, I'm not Latino, so I don't know Latin. Uh, whatever it is, I think that's what we're going to be looking at: total so. war, black flag war, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You got a $50 million airplane, you got a $29 million gorgeous helicopter, we had every type of helicopter, many of them brand new, literally out of the box. You mean you think it's cheaper to leave it there so they can have it than it is to fill it up with a half a tank of gas and fly it into Pakistan or fly it back to our country? You think, yes sir, we think it's cheaper, sir. That's when I realized I was a f***ing idiot. That is Donald J. Trump talking about uh, General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs. 
who was on an extended interview on 60 Minutes last night that I read excerpts of but didn't watch. There are some reports that the uh, Hamas militants who are slaughtering innocent people, children, the elderly, including Americans, uh, use weapons that were left behind in Afghanistan. I don't know that that's true. Um, so Nikki Haley said yesterday, she's running for president as a Republican, said, this is not just an attack on Israel. This was an attack on America. Finish them at Netanyahu. They should have hell to pay for what they've just done. Finish them. Well, that's a Republican. How about a Democrat? Governor Kathy Hochul of New York. The people of Israel are facing violent terrorist attacks and civilian kidnappings. I condemn plans to rally in Times Square tomorrow in support of the perpetrators of these horrific actions. The planned rally is abhorrent and morally repugnant. That's a pretty good strong statement from the Democratic governor of New York. Yeah, I would say. I believe that rally took place, unless she's talking about a different rally. Well, uh, I don't, unless she was going to stop it. We do have a free speech thing. But Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I was just going to say it was uh, shocking to me the number of people who are dressed up like would-be terrorists uh, celebrating in the streets. Yeah. Um, but I was happy to see that. Again, there's quite a bit of unanimity among Republicans and Democrats on the topic of uh, how we should look at this whole thing. Um, I had one more thing I wanted to throw in on that. Maybe not. Oh, yeah, the border, our border, the United States. So um, we talked to Mike Lyons earlier in the show. Boy, if you missed that, listen to it in the podcast. The segment kicking off the second hour. Look for Armstrong and Getty On Demand. But he Our dose, if you're a recent uh, arrival to our land. Right, from Venezuela, likely. And uh, he mentioned the border and how, you know, this terrorist attack, we got to watch out for that. So Bill Malusian of Fox put this out, the Border Patrol arrests of suspects on the FBI's terror watch list at the southern border. In uh, 2019, there were zero arrests of people on the terror watch list. In 2020, there were three. Then it grew to 15 in 21. 98 last year, 151 this year. So we've gone from zero to 151. There also have been one and a half million known, that should be in bold, because there's no way to know this number, uh, one and a half million known gotaways since the start of 2021, enough to fill 16 Rose Bowls of people that we, we don't have any idea what watch list they are or, on, or, aren't, are or aren't on where they're from. So a million get- is a thousand thousand people. If one out of a thousand of those had evil intentions toward the United States, we now have 1,500 of them in the country. 1,500. In a country that is not a surveillance state, mostly, and has lots of guns around, I am somewhat concerned about, as this thing escalates, what happens here. And then if something ugly happens, uh, of course, there's the immediate uh, horror of it. But then how do we evolve as a society? I don't know. Probably not in ways that uh, embrace liberty. Right. Um, RFK Jr., who um, was strongly condemning the uh, terrorists who attacked innocent Israelis over the weekend. I was happy to hear him say that because sometimes he's kind of out there on politics. But he's going to announce today that he's running for president as an independent. Huh. That may or may not be a big deal. Nobody's for sure. Completely different topic. The Nobel Prize in Economics has been given out. 
Always watch out for the Nobel Committee giving out prizes that are politically motivated. You wouldn't think an economics prize would necessarily be, but they gave out uh, to a Harvard University professor who did research about understanding the gender gap in the labor market, and they got the Nobel Prize. So. Oh, boy. Yay. So I was looking to see whether uh, Donald J. had tweeted anything. He really hasn't tweeted anything since he got back on Twitter other than the mugshot. No, he truthed over the weekend that this attack would not have happened if he had been president. Hmm. Uh, I have no idea how he'd be reacting to this. We may get the chance to find out if he wins. Uh, Yeah, I suppose. Well, uh, we have another hour to go full of uh, delightful topics and discussions. Hope you can join us. we got to talk more about fungible money. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty.